morning and everybody. Welcome everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are. This is The Breakfast Show, positively different radio in the morning and you are with Lyle and... Morning, good morning, Lyle. Morning, morning. How are you this morning? Yeah, good as gold. How are you? I am amazing this morning. I'm so excited. Yeah. I have so much to be thankful for. Oh yeah? Well, tell us about it. You know what I'm thankful for. What do you mean? Uh, your son's 24th birthday yesterday. No, I was thankful for that the other day. Uh, your hand's... Oh, no, your hand's still in a splint. Uh, it's public holiday. Uh, yes, but... Don't, don't no, say daylight saving. It not be daylight saving. daylight saving. Are you It is daylight saving. Get out. I am super get excited out. that daylight saving has arrived Why and it is the best. Be thankful for daylight saving? Because I get so much more daylight, I could get so much more done during daylight saving. You should just get up earlier. You would have had the daylight then. No. The change is no. ruined. ruined. Well, actually, ruined you know, you know what, Mon? What? <laughs> this is, this, let me explain how daylight saving works. Go on then. You just get up earlier and you've got more daylight. That's what I just said to you. That's right. Yeah, so get up if you want more daylight. Instead of like thinking it's great that it's staying up later, just get up earlier. That's the definition of daylight saving. Yeah. Cool, I'm glad we agree. <laughs> <laughs> I hate what, are you, daylight what, saving. what are you thankful for? Not Mom? daylight saving. <laughs> Let me tell you that. <laughs> uh. No, I hate that you can cultivate uh, getting up early all year round and then suddenly they do daylight savings and suddenly like you're back to getting up in the dark. It's not great. It's not great. Anyway, anyway, anyway. I'm super grateful because uh, I've had a wonderful time doing radio here with Faith FM and uh, it's been yeah. very special to me. One of my all-time favourite jobs, I think. Um, I'm and- super, super sad this morning, even though I'm thankful it's daylight saving. Very, very melancholy morning this morning. This is, in case you were wondering, Mon's last morning on Faith FM Radio. Yeah, so I've actually uh, been offered a job um, and I do need to find some other work. So I have um, accepted a different position, a different role. And um, I, I thought that I would be okay to finish off the, this coming week, uh, this week that we're in. Uh, however... I do start training down in Sydney tomorrow. So, unfortunately, I won't be here for the rest of the show. I will be calling in, though, and hassling you guys. and I'll be listening on the TuneIn app while I'm down in Sydney doing my training. Um, so, yeah, it's probably not a surprise to a lot of people that I am um, – Going to be training as a travel agent. <laughs> I yeah, think I talk about it enough on here. <laughs> not surprising at all. <laughs> yeah, so that's um, the direction that I'll be heading. Uh, but we have a great show coming up for you today, even though it's a little bit sad. Stay tuned. This is a reminder: you are listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show and interact with Mon and myself for the breakfast show, then simply go to faithfm.com.au and press play, or use the Tune In Radio app. By the way, Lyle, I was thinking, because it is public holiday today, can I come over after the show and go swimming in your pool? Oh, absolutely. You always can. <laughs> yes. Okay. Great show coming up for you today. Stay tuned.
Welcome back, guys. You're listening to Faith FM, and it is time for our first clue for the quiz. Yes, indeed. Hmm, let me have a quick look at this one. Is this the hardest one I could possibly find in this book? Yeah, you're going to try to find the hardest one ever for your last mm. one ever. Mm-mm. By the way, I just want to say that if you want to uh, give us a call and give, and give uh, Mon uh, best wishes for moving on to uh, her new job, um, today's the day. The last day that you can uh, call in and and uh, and chat with Mon uh, or send a message. So one eight hundred three two four eight four three is the number, or text us on zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Okay, I think I picked one. I think I picked a suitably hard one, Lyle. Okay. Okay. What book am I? This is a book of the Bible. I tell how Adoni Zedek, king of Jerusalem, along with four other kings, attacked Gibeon. Remember that again? I tell yes. how Adoni Zedek, king of Jerusalem. Someone give me a pen and paper. Excuse me. Adoni Zedek, king of Jerusalem, and four other kings, they attacked Gibeon, and this book will tell you everything. It's the book of the Bible. If you think you know the answer, give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM. It's 1-800-324-843. You can text your guesses, 491 uh, first person to get that answer correct is going to win a copy of Hero of Hacksaw Ridge. And the reason I picked this one out of the prize box is because uh, yesterday when I came home, my housemates were watching this movie. And um, this movie is actually one of well, – this is a book about the movie, by the way. Uh, it's it's all based on a true story. Um, it's the story of Desmond Doss, who was the first conscientious objector um, who won a – was it Medal of Honor, Medal of Valor or something? Oh, yeah, Medal of Honor. He received the Medal of Honor, first conscientious objector. And this this story is just changing people's lives. It's just incredible how something he did decades later is still affecting us here today um, and embittering people's lives because they're able to you know, witness in a way what he did. Lyle has the answer correct. So there are no double prizes today. Uh, there you go, Mon. Had, had to had to had to do it for the for your last clue. Had to get on the first one. Had to do it, didn't you? I did. Even though you guessed once and crossed it out and then guessed again. That's right. Yeah, yeah. It's all right. I'll let you have it. I'll let you have it. The one it. that I actually wrote down in the end was actually my first guess, no, and then I thought mm, could have been that occasion because there were two occasions when yeah, certain things happened, yeah, and yeah. so then I went with this. Then I went back, and I like, nah, nah. Definitely the first occasion. Well, you got there in the end. You got it right. Yep. And uh, and actually, I do want to talk a little bit about what I was just mentioning in that Desmond Doss and how he lived his life and how by witnessing his life, um, you know, it affects change in our lives. Uh, so I do want to talk a little bit about what Faith FM uh, has been trying to do over the past few years, um, especially since I've been involved. And this segment that I always present, the good news segment. Um so I want to talk about a study that I've been uh, reading. This is really interesting. And it's talking about diet, Lyle. Okay. Okay. But it's not talking uh, about what you just stick in your mouth. It's about what you stick right. in your eyes and ears. Um, oh. So there's a, a team of research. So what kind of diet of radio are you getting each day? Right. Diet of anything media or any sort of news. Um, so the researchers, you know, they were particularly impressed by the fact that that, that phrase, you, uh, you are what you eat, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, and they decided you, know, you might actually be what you see as well, you see in here. And the word diet uh, comes uh, from the Greek uh, word that means way of life. 
So it doesn't necessarily just mean what you're eating. It actually just means what you're absorbing in a greater capacity. And uh, and they did some studies and they discovered, and this is really actually quite unsurprising, that not only does you know does your body need a good balanced diet to survive, uh, but the effects on your, not just your mental health, but also the effects on how you treat other people is hugely impacted by what it is you're watching, what it is you're listening to. And, uh, and so they did, they did actually pretty simple studies where they let people watch, um, you know, a few short minutes, uh, they were exposed to negative news, negative, uh, information. And, um, and then they watched how, um, they, the people then went out in their life and how they reacted to other people. And they noticed that the negative news, uh, induced anxiety, stress, and symptoms of depression. Mm-hmm. And that people were, when they, had interactions with other people like it magnified their own problems and uh, when they reacted to other people it they sort of like it became like they were almost like in survival mode and they just reacted negatively because they're just they were just it's almost like they were spooked and they're just trying to get through the day and trying to like you know uh survive it was it's really quite sad i'm worried about the story i'm going to share now it's all right it's all right it's all right i'll bring it back around for you um and then, so yeah, so depressing and fear-inducing news um, really just, it, it, it resonates with people for quite some time as well. So you hear bad news, it actually stresses you out for quite a while. Um, and, it, and, it, and it creates a difficult negative emotional cycle that can be really quite self-reinforcing. Uh, on the flip side, positive news, and this is interesting, they let people watch like amusing videos, like you know, little cat videos and stuff. And that was kind of neutral. It didn't really do that much to affect either which way. It was when people watched actually inspiring stuff. I watch cat stuff. ones. I watch elephant ones. Yeah, they're cute, aren't they? Elephants are way cuter than cats. That's true. Um, Baby elephants. But when people actually watched videos um, of actual, like, you know, really good news, like, for example, they um, they let people watch a video of a young man who established a homeless shelter Um yeah, of people paying tributes to their teachers who saved them from lives of gang violence and, and activity. Um, when people watched that, it actually went the other way. So the, not only were they, um, their mental health was uh, impacted positively, it actually registered an increased willingness of these people to volunteer and do community work and do charity work. And... Um, yeah, it's it's funny because the other studies of this kind show that viewing uplifting videos may have positive or desirable effects on um, on stimulating mothers to nurse as well. Isn't that interesting? Really? Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Really? Yeah, incredible. So they produce more milk and yeah. All that kind of stuff that cr- by just having a positive outlook on life. I think it comes back to the whole survival mode thing. Like when your body's into survival mode, you can't produce anything, and um, you just you just try to get yourself through, right? I wonder whether it affects fertility as well. Because they say that you know stress in your life right. can definitely negatively impact fertility. Exactly, exactly. I'm not surprised at all. Um, and but this doesn't mean that we should ignore negative news. Um, you know, it, it, they did find that you had to have a balance, a balanced sort of visual and audio diet, um, because you know it's important that we learn the things that are happening around us and learn to understand what other people are going through and how we can help to fix their problems. Okay, so we can't live in a uh, fairyland. You can't live in a fairyland. You have to you have, to have feet and both. It has to be real. Feet both on the phone. Yeah, so um, 
You have to have like a – they said that they to aim for a visual diet that nourishes the soul and yet motivates us to take action and make things better because it's easy. I remember, I remember this as a kid. I remember like being you know, 11 years old and always watching the news with my parents and just feeling like I couldn't possibly do anything to fix all this. Like every night at 6 o'clock the news would come on and everything is just bad, 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 bad. And in the end I felt like I had to watch because you know I had to know. And after a while I was like, do you know what, even if I don't know – it doesn't change anything. And so I just stopped watching. Um, but yeah, I, what I want to move on to is uh, a different study that I wanted to do in conjunction with this as calling, they're calling it the secret source of kindness, <laughs> which is a very unscientific way to describe it. But the scientists have said, uh, this is actually something, um, that you can add to your life, almost like a source. And it's the secret to long, healthy life, they said. And so basically it's all about reconnection and, uh, and, it's made possible by embracing kindness and compassion and uh, and how it, they've found that it actually affects both the person who is expressing the kindness and the person who is receiving the kindness. Um, and once again, hugely impacting your mental and physical health. So adults who are socially isolated, um, you know, the lonely don't necessarily have a quality support group. The risk of death is 26% higher than those who have a quality social network. Um, making it like a, a mortality factor that's comparable to health risks such as like obesity um, and smoking, which is just crazy. Um, and uh, and apparently this need for connection can be seen in children and animals and even in insects, Lyle. Insects have this need for connection. And so this drive that we have, um, apparently this, and this is crazy, the, the area of the brain that's ex- associated with the experience of social pain or loss is the same as the one that experiences physical pain. It's the same section of the brain, uh, which explains why emotional loss is so painful and isolation, like, for example, in prison is a really powerful punishment because it affects the same same section of your brain. So they're saying that if you actually um, are helpful to someone else, you get what is described as a helper's high. Uh, So uh, witnessing, like performing, thinking about, or simply just witnessing acts of kindness actually activates the parts of the brain that are responsible for reward or pleasure. And it causes changes in our brain chemistry, chemistry, which releases the um, endorphins, which are the natural opiates in our body, uh, dopamine and serotonin. And, uh, and these are like natural, no pharmacy needed, like neurotransmitters associated with feeling good. And this can actually create a positive cycle where if you're, kind to someone like they said for example one of the best things you can do is, is if there's someone at school or someone at work who seems to be like alone or secluded that if you instead of ignoring them and thinking that they're antisocial and weird just say hello and smile as you walk by or just eat lunch with them one day or recognize the good work that they do um they said you, know, you can call a friend see how they're doing visit the elderly volunteer for a worthy cause and this actually creates a positive cycle where it's it's helping you it's helping them and the more you do it because it releases that um that dopamine and that and that serotonin, it, 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 I don't want to use the word addiction, but your body goes, oh yeah, this is where the good stuff's at, and so you keep wanting to do it. Okay, so I have a question for you, Mon. Yeah. For the last eighteen months, we have been doing positively different radio here in the morning, mm-hmm. and as a part of that, we have our thankful section where we share something that we are thankful for every day. Has that simple little exercise affected you in a positive way? Hundred percent. Absolutely. 100%. And I can see that. I can see that myself. Just, you know, I know what it does to myself, but I also see what it does to you. Yeah. I, I love sharing the good news. And this is, this is why I wanted to share this piece as my final piece. Um, 
just, you know, we, we get on the radio every morning, we talk about the good news, but it's not, you know, good news and things you can share with people, but it's not just fluffiness. We, we actually are interested in the science behind it and we want you guys to take that home and, uh, and, and ingest it into your own life. And, um, and one of the best ways, one of the, one of the main things we want you guys to be reconnected with is with the relationship with God because God's kindness, like sometimes it can be hard to be kind. It can be hard to be compassionate, especially to some people that might be hurting you. And that's where you really need to tap into his power and, uh, and help him, let him help you, uh, be a kinder person, not just for yourself, but for everyone around you. So that's my little final message, my little send off. Very, very powerful final message there, Mon. And uh, you will be sorely missed here on Faith FM Radio. Um, I don't know what we're going to do without your uh, positively different uh, section every morning. And, of course, the uh, the good news section, the what, you, what am I thankful for section, that was your initiative that you started right here on Faith FM. And I think it has a powerful effect on us as well as a lot of our listeners. So I just want to say uh, thank you and, and uh, a big tribute to Mon. My pleasure.
Welcome back, guys. That was uh, Chelsea Moon here on Faith FM this morning, giving us a big uh, kickoff for the day. Um, our last day with Mon on The Breakfast Show. And uh, Michael has just texted in. He says, hi, Mon. Just wanted to catch you while you're still on air today to say a big thank you, uh, not only for your good news, but for everything you've brought to The Breakfast Show over the past two years. Your fun and engaging personality has been something that listeners have really loved. Wishing you all the best in your future endeavours. God bless, Michael. So if you'd like to send a message through uh, for Mon this morning on her last morning of The Breakfast Show, our number is 1-800-324-843 or you can text us on 0491-064-669. Okay, so Mon, after your piece there, are we, are we allowed to have some serious news this morning? Yeah, 100%, but not before I give you the next clue for this quiz. Okay, all right. What book am I? The story of how the Gibeonites deceived Israel is found in my ninth chapter. All right. If you know the answer, mm-hmm. the Gibeonites deceiving Israel mm-hmm. and being attacked by Adonai, uh, somebody or other. Adonai Zedek. Zedek. Yep. I was going to say Mezedek, you but know, it was I, Zedek. I was thinking yesterday, I was like, do you know what? I just need to set like a New Year's resolution where I find out how to pronounce all these names. All of them. Oh, wouldn't that be cool if you could just read the Bible smoothly every single time? Yes. And I don't think you have to go through and practice them all. I think you just have to learn how they're supposed to be done. Because it's not like, you know, like John, Matthew, Bob, Bruce. Kevin. I just make it up as I go and sound confident. <laughs> <laughs> just just say it with confidence. Who's going to who's going to dispute <laughs> Look, you? There's going to be some scholar in the audience. There's going to be like, about three Hebrew scholars in the world who are going to be going under their breath. She said that wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but it would be cool if you just open the Bible to anywhere and just be like, and not have to be like, duh, duh, duh. <laughs> okay, and we'll just start with the genealogies. Um, there are a bunch of places in the Bible where you have genealogies and just practice all those names. And yeah, I think I will. You'll be in good shape. I think I will. Yep. Oh. Great thing to do now that you're finished on radio. Yeah, yeah. nothing else to do. <laughs> and you don't have to pronounce these words the anymore. <laughs> okay, so Pope Francis is hosting a three-week synod at the Vatican, um, all about the Amazon. Ooh. And so there's a bunch of uh, oh, Amazonians who have turned up for it. My reals. Um, some of them even have uh, donned native attire just to celebrate the occasion. That's cool. And the. Uh, um, I and love a, a bit of a, garb. There's about 180 South American cardinals, bishops, and priests who have also turned up, and rather than donning native garb, they have all turned up in green vestments. Green vestments. Yes, so vestments like the robes they wear. Oh, okay. So they're wearing. So rather than wearing white or black, they're wearing green. As like in a protest act, or just to like highlight. Yeah, to highlight the okay, cool, uh, cool. to highlight the issues in the Amazon. So there's a number of issues that are taking place in the Amazon. Of course, this is called the world's green lung. Yep. Um, and it's what uh, you know produces an environment in which oxygen is produced in our world, um, in many different parts of our world. And uh, of course, it has you know this last summer just been on fire, 
and it does not it's like appear 40, to be forty five thousand fires or something like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Crazy. Huge yep. amounts yep. of it. Um and just a an absolutely ecological tragedy. Um development gone out of control and you know, he's 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 there, he's, he wants to do something about that now. It, what, a couple of things I find interesting about that is you have the Pope, who is the head of one of the smallest nations on earth, who is trying to influence one of the largest nations on earth. It's a bit weird, isn't it? It is just a bit. It is just a bit, you know? It's like, how does that work? I mean, hey, I'm all for um, preserving the Amazon. I'm not, I'm not uh, complaining in any way, shape or form, but some of the things that he is getting into in this particular synod are super controversial. Really? And I am super supportive of. So go Pope Francis on this one. And uh, people who know me are like, did Lyle just say that? Yes, Lyle just said that. Okay. Among the contentious, so <laughs> Among the contentious proposals on the agenda is where the married elders could be ordained priests. Wow. 100%. Okay, so here's the problem. You've got a shortage of priests in uh, the Amazon region mm-hmm. so that a lot of uh, Roman Catholics in that part of the region um, only get to go to Mass um, you know, about once every two or three months. And that's not unusual. Mm-hmm. Um, in our church, the Seventh-day Adventist church, you have uh, often you'll have in, in that same region you'll have one pastor who sees his congregation about once or twice a year. So you'll have you know, 30 to 50 congregations. And uh, what is interesting is how rapidly Christianity is growing there in that environment. So maybe we've got just too many pastors here in Australia. Maybe that's our problem. (laughs) But the fact that he is actually putting on the table the concept of married priests is a step in the right direction and something we have been talking about for a long time. This is really great. This could be the the tipping point, the breaking point. It could. It could. Because suddenly, you know, he's not talking about, okay, all the priests can can go and get married. But if, if you're already married... We're not going to stop you from becoming a priest. Mm. Okay, so then suddenly you're going to get a whole bunch of people around the world who go, you know what? We've got a married priest. And you know what? It's actually a good idea. And it works really well. Surprise, children are safer. And children are safer. Mm. And priests are going to be infinitely more effective because they know how to do marriage counseling because they are married. They know how to to, to train train parents to raise children because they're a parent. You know, there's some really uh, obvious things like here. So no, no brainers, really. It's an absolute yeah. no brainer, and of course, uh, you know, Pope Francis has. Uh, you know, this is an easy one for him to do because there's no bi- biblical mandate for celibacy. In fact, the Bible speaks against the doctrine of celibacy, calls it a doctrine of devils, um, which is pretty strong language. It's so surprising how they never cottoned onto that. Yeah. Anyway, there's uh, a bunch of uh, conservative critics who um labeling this whole synod as a pagan religion that idolizes nature rather than god wow and yes the vatican has not um been immune from this kind of religion either and so yes there's probably a certain amount of truth to both sides of the equation here um we definitely have a very green Pope at the moment, and one of the things that he has consistently called for is uh, keeping Sunday as a day to give the planet a rest. Just give the planet a break for a day. I totally support the idea of giving mm-hmm. a planet the planet a break for a day. 
But let's let everybody choose which day that is. Yeah, exactly. Because I would like to choose that day as the Sabbath day because that's the one that God gave to us to give the planet a rest. And I'm pretty sure there'd be a bunch of Muslims out there who would want to uh, use Friday as their Mm -hmm. day of rest and probably some other religions out there that would have uh, different days that they uh, use as a day of rest as well. So, yeah, in concept, I think this is a great idea. Let's, let's, Let's give the planet a break for a day. Let's just not tell everybody which day it has to be mm-hmm, because different faiths have uh, you know different beliefs in relationship to uh, what day they see as a sacred day and I think it's also important to um, remember like, I'm st- hang on a second what do you mean like he thinks it's going to save the planet if we have a day of rest like how is that going to work okay day of rest you've got to everything you, off well you've got a lot less industry you've got a lot less uh, vehicles on the road you've got a lot less um, uh, basically a lot you know when when your, just, your carbon footprint yeah. on the Sabbath day is infinitely smaller than when you're at work. See, I don't, I don't know. I think I'm on the other side. Because if you think about it right, like the thing that's impacting climate and pollution the most is animal agriculture. Yes. And if everyone takes a day off, they're all going to have a barbecue. You know that, right? We're Australians. They're in Australia. It's actually going to make it worse. Because if everyone just went vegan... And it would have such a good impact on that, on the world. That would save the planet. Not not taking a day off. If everyone went in, vegan, environmental we, could, we, could all, we could all drive a V8. Exactly. So it wouldn't matter whether or not we kept soul. everything plugged in on a, on a day of rest or not. So I'm I'm like I'm like. Do you know what? Like, I, it's a, you know it's, okay, a, nice, it, you know, it's it, a nice thought. Uh, all right. But animal, I don't think it's going to have any effect is, on the Animal pollution is one is one aspect of the equation. Um, but pollution a from industry, majority aspect of the yeah, equation. pollution from industry is 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 nowhere near right as right up there. The because in, the industry is animal agriculture. That's your issue. Okay. Sorry, I'm not going to back down this one. So let's just change the subject. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's uh, good to have. He's good a to cute have idea. Some, good to have some uh, some classic mon <laughs> on the breakfast show for her last breakfast Look, it's show. A good idea, Mr. Pope, but I don't think it's going to work for you. <laughs> And so I do just want to remind everybody, just changing the subject right here, that this is Mon's last day on The Breakfast Show. And we want to give a very, very special thank you to Mon for all that she's contributed. Um, If you'd like to text in or to call in just to express your thanks to Mon and to wish her all of God's blessings as she moves on to her new job, then please do so. 1-800-324-843 is the number. This is the Emmanuel Quartet. faith that Christ alone imparts, faith in the promise of His Word. We believe the time is here when the nations far and near shall awake and shout and sing, Hallelujah. Christ is King. We have this hope that burns within our hearts, hope in the coming of the Lord.
Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across the Faith FM network. Joining us in the studio this morning is Terence. Terence, welcome to the show. Thank you. So glad that you can join us. Now, Terence, uh, you were here with uh, David Stojic as he was um, doing his piece on depression, and we decided that, hey, Terence is here. Let's hear about Terence and, uh, and his story and his journey of faith. You're currently doing a, um, what is it called, an externship. Is that right? That's right. So for uh, over a 10-day period, I'll spend... Um, you know, the whole day with David, just observing how he operates and what he does and trying to learn from his um, his ministry. And, and seeing what ministry is all about. Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. So I imagine like, uh, you know, most people that uh, end up in ministry, there's a bit of a journey getting there. And you obviously didn't start straight into ministry, start straight out of high school. You've done other things with your life. No, that's right. Um, so uh, my background is in IT. Um, I have a degree in computer science. But uh, since I've graduated, my, my my career has followed a number of strange twists and turns, and uh, and um, and now I'm at Avondale completing a postgraduate diploma in theology. So it's a two year postgraduate diploma. Yeah. So what are some of the things, different things you've done since uh, graduating? Sure. Um, so directly out of uni, I, I I probably worked in IT for about a year. Uh, and then the opportunity came up for me to manage a not-for-profit in New Zealand, working oh. with uh, at-risk youth. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a charitable trust that we started, and um, you know we grew sort of over a number of years, and we worked with uh, young offenders that were coming through the youth justice system. Mm-hmm. Um, so I managed that uh, organization for about uh, five and a half years before I, we moved to Australia. And then I actually started theology back in 2011, but for a number of reasons, it just sort of didn't work out. Um, we didn't we didn't plan it in advance. We sort of thought, oh, maybe God will just open up the doors for us. And it didn't quite happen the way that we were praying that it would. Or maybe just God had a different timeline. And um, and so I've so I stopped studying at that point, and I did a number of IT jobs, various analyst jobs. Um, I've worked sort of in the mining industry doing data and uh, data analysis and. I've worked for a software development company doing customer um, support analysis, and um, but somehow God made another way for me to come back and study full time again last year. So um, I'm sort of just newly back into theology study, mm. uh, and I'm hoping to graduate at the end of this year, 2019. So fantastic! Yeah, and I imagine those uh, you, did, well, you did five and a half years in New Zealand running that not for profit. Um, that sounds like you would you were already doing ministry right there. Oh, absolutely! Um, it, great and great start for ministry. Yeah, and it was it was a different, totally different experience. It was a different skill set. Uh, obviously, with um, IT, it's it's very much the logic side of your brain. It's the maths and um, you know, sort of seeing things as black and white. But when you work in the not-for-profit uh, sector, you really do have to engage with people. You have to develop the ability to network and, and uh, I guess, talk to people, build community networks. And, and I've always been sort of interested in um, how our church, as a Seventh Adventist church, we can engage with uh, the not-for-profit, uh, sorry, the community sector. And what we can do in the community that's, Unique and there's opportunity there for our church to grow, uh, serving the community. Um, and so 
I was really excited to be able to come and do my externship with uh, David mm. and to see what he's mm. doing yeah. as a community organization because it's, uh, it's, it's a little bit different. It's unique. It's, it's different and unique, but at the same time, it would have parallels with what you've done in the past. And, um, and you know, this is an area that obviously you're interested in. So, praise God, I think you've – I look at your the story you've just been sharing and I'm like, you know what? God has been educating you and preparing you for ministry the whole way through. Just a little bit of a longer path. Yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> and as, when I see uh, the way that uh, David is trying to set up uh, an organization which serves the community, I, I feel that churches, there's lots of unique things that we can do. Um, I think uh, maybe in years gone by, churches have sort of focused you know, more on the ministries that we're comfortable with, pathfinders or youth ministry. But you know, there's there's lots of opportunity there to serve. And, uh, you know, there's churches now that are setting up food ministries, which are fantastic. And you know, there's churches now that are doing budgeting programs and and marital support and depression recovery and all of these. And programs. going out into the community and engaging with real people with real needs, rather than just you know navel gazing and supporting our, our our own selves. Now, I'm not saying that you know our our internal programs are not necessary and are not good things, but you know, it's 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 a little bit different when you go out, and it's almost like um, you know going from from uh, from from playing paintball to facing live ammunition. Yeah, absolutely, and you're totally right. The the service, the programs that we do traditionally run and and that are out there, we have been doing are fantastic opportunities for us to engage in the community. But maybe we haven't. Um, had the courage to sort of open it right up and say, "Look, let's 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 get the kids down the street to join in in our Pathfinder Club, and you know, finding opportunities to put ourselves out there." One of the things that used to happen when I was uh, uh, working in the youth, um, in the youth justice sector in New Zealand, is I would often attend community meetings, and I would and and I would see that, that there would be people there from the councils and the various social services, and and I th- and I used to think to myself. As a as a as somebody that's interested in church ministry, and I'd always been involved in my local church, I would love to see our, our local church youth pastor or attend these things on a regular basis and build those community networks. and And so that's one of the, I guess, reasons why I was excited to come to college. And um, you know, I'm still excited by that opportunity. Yeah. So let's 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 go back a little bit in in your personal history. You're obviously, a very deeply spiritual person. Um, have you always been that way? No. Um, but I've always been a Christian. I've always mm-hmm. been a Seventh Adventist. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you know when you're when you're raised as a child in the Seventh Adventist Church, you learn stuff, you learn teachings, you learn doctrines. But it's not until you get to your adult years where you actually understand and actually accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and, and recognize your need for forgiveness. And um, that that's something that happened probably in my university years. <clears throat> I have to say that my first sort of foray into study my first few years at uni were, were a bit of a a blur you know like I stepped away so to speak from the church and from my uh, my upbringing but you know eventually God showed me my need for salvation and 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 showed me that I needed to be forgiven for my sins and once I accepted Jesus again as an adult you know my life's been totally different what brought that about um there's probably a number of factors, um, but mostly it's because I had supportive parents and they would just constantly talk to me. And I, and I remember at one point just not feeling fulfilled with um, the things that I was doing. Growing up, I was a 
competitive sports person. Um, oh, I played, what did you play? Uh, I played competitive touch football. Mm-hmm. Um, I've played that most of my life. Um, and but it, being a competitive touch footballer, you sort of do you you're in a different world. It's it's a lot of you know weekend parties after you're playing and um, and actually and and it's it's you know like and I got to a high level like I've I've won three national championships in New Zealand mm-hmm. uh, as a um, you know young twenty year old and uh, but even those things don't bring you that sort of lasting fulfillment that that Jesus can yeah yeah and I'm just sort of thinking I mean you've won three national champions there in New Zealand. Is there a uh, was there a temptation to you know to, to go down a career path there? Of well, thankfully, maybe fortunately, touch football is not a professional sport, so there's sure. no, you know it's it's, so you've, it's you've, an amateur you've, you've sport. Kind of reached the the, the heights of where uh, yeah, and, and and I still have great contacts and friends in that. Um, you still play touch footy? The area, yeah, I do. I am um, uh-huh. not at the same level. I'm sort of over thirty now, so I, I'm, I'm more masters. <laughs> it sort, over, sort of gets yeah. a bit disappointing after thirty, doesn't oh, it? <laughs> yeah, that's that's right. Well, yeah, you, you, it's a young man's game for sure. Um, but um, yeah, so yeah, I sorry, I've forgotten what the question. No, no, that's was. all right. But uh, I was just talking about you know the. Uh, um, you know the, the the opportunities that when you're a, a, um, at the highest level of sport, there's always, I, I guess, a temptation to, you know, to make that into your God and to follow that particular path rather than to following God and and just exploring whether um, whether that was anything that ever crossed your mind. I mean, what would be what would the next logical step be for somebody who was um, as high up in touch football as you were to to go on from there? Um, you know, people have. People in the sports world and in professional sports and in competitive sports, they need Jesus as much as anyone. And there's an opportunity there if that's a passion. If you you know if you're a young Christian that wants to that that's involved in that scene, you can still minister in some way. And I think what we tend to do as young young athletes is that we sort of take ourselves away from Christ to fit in with that group. But you can still play. You can still um, hold true to your values while you're playing competitive sport. I believe that uh, it's a lot harder because you know there's also issues with if you want to play on Sabbath or um, you know you're, you're, most elite sports people love to have a drink afterwards and and you know like but it, it is possible. You can still yeah, well at the same it. time when you when when you go to that uh, party or whatever and you don't drink when the game is on Sabbath and you choose not to play. That's sending out a message, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I think sports are a great, um, you know, a, a part of our overall sort of health message to be fit and healthy and active. And I've heard of um, church groups that run, you know, decent level clubs that are that are ministering to young people that way. But obviously, they they'll start with the prayer. They won't do the parties. They'll get together and they'll do life group together. So, you know, I think there's always opportunity there if you're passionate about sports, as I. As I was, and you know, I still have yeah. in, in my heart to to be involved at some level, anyway. Absolutely, and I see, um, you know, I basically see two groups amongst our young people these days. You've got uh, gamers who sit in front of a screen, you know, for every spare hour of the day that they've got, and you've got others who are getting out and getting exercise, running around a field. And I know exactly which one I would, you know, vote for in a heartbeat. 
Um, if uh, and, and of course, the person, as you say, we need to be out there. We need to be a part of the community. We need to be mixing with people, um, and and being a part of a, a a local sports group gives the opportunity for good exercise, for for lots of fresh air. It gets your kids away from the computer screen, and it gets them mixing with the community. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I belong to a, a local club myself, two local clubs myself. And my purpose in being members of those clubs is, um, is that, you know, in ministry, sometimes you can get a little bit isolated from, you know, from the real person, from the average person. And it's like, I've moved to a new area. How am I going to meet, you know, people outside of my church? And this is how I choose to do so. Um, and on top of that, it is just good fun. Totally, totally. <laughs> and then you're exactly right. It <clears throat> brings us back to what we were talking about with the community groups. You know, if, if we, if sports is a passion in our church, if we have young people that love it, do something in your church which engages the community through the sports. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> and so, uh, Terence, <clears throat> um, you're doing this, uh, what, a postgraduate degree in ministry now? How That's much, right. how, how long have you got to go before graduation? So, um, I have nine papers left. Mm-hmm. Um, my, I'm praying that somehow God will open up the opportunity that I can do all nine this year. You're working at the same time? Uh, no, I'm, I'm, I've You're full-time, full-time, full-time study. St- uh, st- a student now, so. Yep. Um, so if, if, if that opportunity opens up, then I hope to graduate at the end of this year. But if not, I'll do a paper, uh, first semester of 2020. Yep. And then that will be my, my so Terence will uh, soon be. Any ideas on where you'll be heading once you uh, finish? Has anybody uh, come sort of knocking on the door? And not yet, not yet, not yet. No, and, and um, my wife and I are married. I have three children. Uh-huh. Um, How old are your children? I have a daughter that's ten. She's my eldest, and then I have a six-month-old son. Oh, nice! And I have a five-year-old daughter as well in the middle. So, in the middle. Yep. yeah. So, um, you know, my wife and I are just taking it one day at a time. That we haven't looked past this year and. And, and getting the studies completed and then whatever opportunities opens up we'll pray about it and see if if that's something that we can do as a family yeah fantastic and I'm sure that uh, there will be opportunities coming your way um, to serve God there is never a shortage of opportunities when a person wants to commit their life to serving God Terence thank you so much for joining us today thanks and uh, and sharing your testimony with us and we wish you God's blessing as you continue to serve God and to use your talents unique talents that God has entrusted you with you're listening to Faith FM. Um, that's Terence here sharing his journey of faith. Um, and right now we're going to move to our song break. We'll be back after this song, the 8 o'clock news. We're back with Encounter with God. There is nothing in this world that can truly satisfy me like Jesus Jesus love for his love is truly deeper truly purer truly sweeter than 
Forgive to Live, designed to help us all improve our lives and discover the healing power of forgiveness. So if you're keen to take that first step, head to forgivetolive.org.au. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. I came to church a beggar and found I have a saviour so Anna Beden. Don't miss this once-in-a-lifetime event as two of our country's best Christian singer-songwriters come together in concert. October 12th, 6.30 at Maitland SDA Church. Call 0413-122-348 now to book your seat. Try 